WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. Well, good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this beautiful Sunday morning. It's a it's a nice day out today. Humidity's nice. Temperature's nice. Pretty blue sky in Marshfield today and uh, all the way down here to Cape Cod where it's a little bit cooler. Well, our plan is to... Uh, we're going to be talking to Scott Shemtoff. He is the marketing manager for Empire Car Covers, and he is supposed to be calling into the program. And, Tim, any word from Scott yet? Uh, no, not yet, John. Not yet? Okay, well, he's supposed to be calling in. It was on his schedule, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for him to call in. Uh, in the meantime, I'd like to talk about the car that kind of got me around for a while, and that was the uh, Toyota Corolla. Uh, you know, Toyota Corolla's... I guess one of the most popular vehicles in the world. It's now in its 12th generation and its 57th year of production, which certainly speaks to its popularity. The Corolla comes in three models, conventional, uh, sedan, hatchback, and a hybrid. Uh, in these new models, there's several trim levels, uh, front-wheel drive, and as well as all-wheel drive. So the idea that the Corolla, which is as popular as it is, now has an all-wheel drive version makes it kind of neat. Um, is that just it, in the crossover, John, or is that in the sedan No, it's as well? in the regular sedan. Oh, wow. Regular plain old sedan, yeah. That's comes great. in a crossover. Uh, it's kind of, it's it's almost a bit dizzying. I counted 12 different versions of the Corolla, from the basic LE to the fancy Corolla hybrid SE all-wheel drive infrared version. And I don't know what the infrared version is, I'll be honest. Uh, the one I drove was the Corolla SE all-wheel drive sedan. Uh, pretty... Pretty uh, transparent all-wheel drive system. You wouldn't know it was there. Uh, the hybrid Corolla is powered by a 1.8-liter uh, engine combined with the front and rear electric motors. So the uh, rear electric motor only kind of kicks in when it needs to. And I believe it only kicks in up to about 30 miles an hour. It's probably very similar to the way the Prius works. The Corolla is not fast, but it's comfortable to drive. The combination of horsepower and electric torque make the Corolla feel faster than it really is. Uh, when accelerating the control, the Corolla engine can get a little bit noisy overall. The cabin's quiet. Um, and there's um, not much road noise or wind noise where the Corolla stands out as fuel economy. Uh, the EPA rates the Corolla at 47 miles per gallon in the city and 41 miles per gallon on the highway. I was averaging a solid 45 miles per gallon overall, so I was doing really well with it. Uh, the ride and handling are typical Corolla, perfectly adequate. No one's going to confuse this with a sports car or a performance car. It's just a it's it's just a good car. Um, the brakes are smooth, powerful, you know, stop the Corolla quick. There's no unnecessary drama there. Uh, safety is addressed with pretty much everything you can imagine. Pre-collision systems, pedestrian detection, cruise control that uses departure control and steering assist. So in other words, you drift out of the lane. It helps you back into the lane again. Um, 
I'm not, I got to tell you, as much as, and AAA just came out with a study about how these advanced driver assistance systems can help save lives, and I absolutely believe they do. Uh, forward collision uh, warning uh, and forward collision that actually applies the brakes, I think is phenomenal. The one that, as you start to drift under the, under the lane, beeps or vibrates or pulls you back in the lane, a little bit annoying. I notice in all the press cars that I drive, those are the systems that most people shut off first um, there's also automatic high beam headlights and road sign assist which detects speed limits so when you're you have the cruise control engaged um, you know as the speed limit changes your cruise control will change so uh, so pretty smart system there uh, additionally there's something called Toyota's proactive driving assist uh, this system, when certain conditions are met, will use the vehicle's camera and radar to provide gentle braking into turns or gentle braking or steering to help support driving tasks such as distance between your vehicle and a preceding vehicle, pedestrian, or bicyclist. In other words, it's looking and scanning all the time. And if you're going, to, if going into a corner a little bit too fast, they'll do what you should have done. It'll help slow you down to keep the vehicle where it's supposed to be. Again, a system I like. Uh, lane departure warning, not so much. Uh, automatic idle stop, another one I'm not a huge fan of. But in a hybrid, you don't even notice it's there because when the engine shuts off, when you go to take off, it takes off on electric power. So you don't even notice it. The cabin of her SE model had comfortable cloth seats. Yeah, cloth seats. Um, a lot of test cars are fully loaded. They come with leather interior and all that. I'm a fan of cloth interior. Cloth interior is cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter to me. Uh, this one had kind of basic manual adjustments. Overall, I found the seats pretty comfortable. Our test model also had the optional tilt slide sunroof, which gave the cabin a bit of an open-air feel. Uh, typical of a small car, the rear seating area can get tight if the front seats are pushed all the way back. And I always try that. I always sit where I'm, and I'm a about six feet tall and so I set the front seat where I like to sit and then I get in the back seat and it's a little snug back there with a six foot uh, tall driver in the vehicle we click it up a little bit a couple of clicks everybody can be pretty comfortable I think uh, controls for the infotainment system have been completely updated and for the most part improved over previous model the interface is clean it looks up to date it looks I hate to use the word modern but yeah it looks modern we're Toyota, I think, failed was they removed the station tuning knob. Tim, are you a... They are did you what? A, are, you, are you a chronic station changer or, or do you just listen to WATD all the time? Um, well, I usually I, I, I will listen to WATD um, but... Um, I'm I'm in the same boat with my car, but yeah, to have it not have a tuning knob, that's that's yeah, strange. Yeah, it, it uses the touch screen, so mm. you have to you have to go in, you have to find you know click on the touch screen. I like to do it by kind of braille. I like to reach over yeah. with my eyes on the road, kind of feel over. Okay, I know the tuning knob is you know oh it's the one over to the right. Mm -hmm. You know, go over and turn it and know that I can you know click back and forth between stations nice and easy. The idea they did away with that just I kind of find it mm. annoying. Yeah. So, um, on the other hand, the climate control, plenty of knobs and buttons for that one. I don't know why. <laughs> of course yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So, you know, which is odd because for the most part, um, you know, you, you know, especially if your car has automatic climate control, which our, our family cars don't. But, you know, if your car has, you know, fancy, you know, set it at whatever degree, um, you leave it at like 72. You know, 72 is nice in the winter. 72 is nice in the summer. Leave it alone. Do you really need... 
lots of knobs for that. I no. don't know. Not, do, do you not think to me. maybe they took away the tuning knob because of the day and age we're living in that maybe there's not as many people who have Corollas don't listen to the radio? Maybe they're just streaming music from their device or something? You know, it could be. And yeah. then again, maybe it's just a matter that, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe they maybe they didn't have the right. I don't know. I don't know. You know, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe the patent for the radio didn't have it. I, oh, I don't know. Maybe, Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, the other weird thing is um, cross traffic alert, which is a handy system. That is when you go to backup, mm -hmm. uh, radar looks down each way, like down an aisle. If you're backing out of a parking space and if you're in a small car like a corolla and there's a chevy yukon on one side and a ford f-150 <laughs> yeah, really. on the other side you can't see you, anything you can't see nothing no. so the, so the idea is you start to back up and it beeps and beeps and beeps and yep. so you can so you know that someone's coming is kind of handy the problem is the only way you can get that option is it comes bundled with the 1220 se option oh. which includes the sunroof now i like a sunroof too but I don't know that I'd buy a sunroof to get the rear cross-traffic alert. Yeah, that is so, a strange bundle. Yeah, so it's kind of a mm. combination together. And also the blind spot monitors and the uh, side view mirrors uh, come in that package. So I guess what it really is, it's like, you know, you want this stuff, you got to get this. And I, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but I guess it's just the way it is. Um, the Corolla by Toyota is a very good compact sedan with legendary reliability. Um, add in the hybrid option so you get really, really good fuel economy. Um, I don't know. It, I can understand why, you know, with the fuel economy now available all-wheel drive. So, you know, Corolla's always been a good car and, you know, decent enough car in the wintertime with front-wheel drive and decent winter tires on it. But all-wheel drive's going to make it better. You know, I think this uh, latest control, Corolla looks like, I don't know, will it be around for another 57 years? Maybe. Maybe it will be. So, uh, but the uh, Toyota Corolla, uh, you know, a, a good car overall, just a good car, and there's there's nothing you can really say bad about it. Um, for any of our listeners who are online, who are listening in the Hartford, Connecticut area, um, last week I started. Last week I, I one of my newspaper columns ended up in the Hartford Current. And I'm wondering whether it ran this week in the Hartford Current. So if you're if you're listening in the Hartford area uh, and you get the you get the current either online in the digital version or in the paper version, uh, let me know if let me know if it's there. Let me let me you know either give us a call at the radio station or whatever the case is and and let us know. Also, and I've gotten a couple of emails from different people. Um, if uh, you have a car show going on, if you're part of a car club and you have a kind of what I hate to say is the end of the season car show time, um, you know, you, you want a little bit of publicity, give us a call. Uh, this week, uh, yesterday, um, I actually went to two different car shows uh, here in um, uh, where I live in, in Dennisport. Right down the street, there's a... Um, a little plaza with uh, there's a coffee shop that's open in the morning. I don't know, it's three fins or something like that. Uh, and Ardeo's restaurant is in there. Uh, the Porsche Club, the local Porsche Club, meets there on Saturday mornings at eight thirty. So I went down there around I don't know, it's probably close to nine, and um, 
saw a whole bunch of cars that I can never afford, including a, a Porsche GT3, which is kind of a road-going race car. Uh, but there was everything from, you know, Porsche Boxsters. There wasn't a lot of... I, there's something about older Porsches I really like. Uh, and, and I'm also kind of a fan of things like the 914, which, you know, people will say, well, it's nothing more than a glorified uh, Volkswagen Common Gear. Maybe a little bit, but um, also kind of a nice car. The uh, the front engine rear wheel drive cars, the 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 nine twenty fours and the nine forty fours and the nine twenty eights and the nine twenty eight S's, which the nine twenty eight S was a a V eight multi valve. Uh, uh, Porsche with front engine, rear wheel drive. None of those were there. This was mostly air-cooled cars and the newest water-cooled uh, Porsches, uh, but nice to see. Uh, pretty pretty good turnout. I think they might have had 40 or 50 Porsches there of kind of just about every vintage. So it, it was it was nice to see, but mostly newer ones. And, and new cars are nice, but I, I kind of like to see the older ones and see how they're holding up and get to talk to the people. And then uh, earlier, early for the next show uh, in uh, in West Ennis, over at the uh, plaza where the Stop and Shop is, um, the Cape Cod Classics group has something there, usually every Saturday night from, it starts around 4 or 5 o'clock and goes till it starts getting a little bit dark, and it's just a very impromptu show up park your car kind of thing, uh, but yesterday was their bigger show, yesterday was their judge show um, where people have to had to pay to enter, and I think that started around 11, I went there around 12, some pretty amazing cars there, including something called the Chromero, where they had to have $200,000 worth of engine in this Camaro, I mean, it was just ridiculous, uh, there was also a BMW 2002 with a giant supercharged V8 in it, which was crazy with the chrome, chrome wheelie bars there was a, um one thing that was kind of neat, there was a there was a Mini Cooper, a newer one, you know, the newer style Mini Cooper, and it actually didn't have a Mini engine in it. It had a um, it had a, a a Honda engine in it. From it looked like an S two thousand. Uh, oh, that's with, fun. Yeah. So it had nice. this. Yeah, and it was very well done. It looked like it had uh, looked like somewhere tucked under there. There might have even been a, a little uh, a little turbocharger because I saw mm, what looked like yeah. an intercooler in the front of it. Uh, but it was very nicely done. It looked very stock when you when you the person had the nose all flipped up so you could see it. And it was uh, really kind of a really kind of a neat looking car. And I think if it was all put together. You didn't you'd never know anything was different about it. And then there was just uh, absolutely gorgeous cars. It was a 69 uh, Mark 1 Mustang. Oh. And, uh, uh, and and it was in that sort of funny period cor- correct kind of Goulden's mustard brownish yellow color. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, which was kind of a kind of a unique color. But it was the right color for that age. And um, I think it was one of the judges was going by and they looked at it and they said, I don't like the... F- the panel gap here it looks like and i'm like it looks better than it did when it was new this this car was phenomenal and under the hood looked absolutely 100 percent original uh, there was a there was a uh a 69 camaro z28 with the 302 engine in it which was a very unique option uh there was some beautiful cars and and i I'm, frankly i don't know how people have you know can spend all the money and my uh neighbor who has a um has a dune buggy that was um 
kind of in an odd way, manufactured in, uh, or the body was manufactured in Marblehead Mass. Uh, you know, you think dune buggies, California, uh, but this is this is uh, a body that was made in uh, in Marblehead. Uh, he was there with one of his friends that had a '97 uh, Pontiac Grand Prix, and which looks like a brand new car. You look at it, and you you know, the, the car is absolutely perfect looking he's done a lot a great of redesign they did yeah and oh. he's done a lot of stuff that you didn't you wouldn't notice um you know he never liked the way the vacuum lines looked under the hood which were under the plastic engine cover you'd never really see them uh but uh he uh he made up an aluminum block and you know ran all the ran all the lines together so they looked all kind of nice and neat and then he uh uh, he um, uh, changed the exhaust on the car. It has a two and a half inch stainless steel exhaust, a little bit bigger throttle body, so it goes a little bit better than the standard 3.8 liter that was in it. Um, uh, all original interior. Uh, it just, uh, just, a, just a really nice car. I'm not sure if he won anything, but he seems like he kind of should have. But, uh, but it was, it was, it was a very nice, it was a very nice car, and it was a really nice show. And I, and I'm always curious, you know how. Um, you know how how those cars, you know how people, you know get to get to enjoy them as much as they do. And uh, I remember once years and years ago, I went to a Porsche show, and I'm going to make up who it was. Uh, we're going to say it was Ferdinand Porsche, but I'm not sure. But it might have been. So, uh, and he was there, and and I said, oh, this must make you happy. All these Porsches here, and he he said. Uh, I'm not as much as you think it should. He said most of these all came on trailers, and Porsches are designed to be driven. Yes, so. they are. They are, yeah. Mm. Uh, Tim, do we have a call? <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got one of our faithful listeners. We have Tom in Weymouth with a question. Well, let's, let's see what Tom in Weymouth has on his mind. Tom? Yes, me. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, John, my 2011 GMC, 2.4 small, and uh had an issue with the, uh, I think a belt was going, so it came up, you know, said, you're running yep. on battery only. You know? Oh, okay, yep. yep. So she pulled over, and she went to the shop, and basically it was changed the serpentine belt and then the tensioner, and they whacked it with a price like $500, and I said, wait a minute, you know, she's calling, I said, there's something not right here, you know? So she kind of showed this, her distent, uh, and, uh, <laughs> You know, and then when they finally call it, well, it's going to be four hundred. But it just even seems high to me. You know. Yeah, it it, it certainly does. You said it's a GMC what? It's a GMC Terrain, two thousand eleven. Yeah. It's the small engine, yeah. the four cylinder, two point yeah, four. Let's see. Let's see what. Let's see what all data says about this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you know, it, it it does. You know, unless uh, unless they were doing something like. You know, could could they have been uh, no, no, changing because, the battery or anything? Or? No, 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 because when she called me about it, she said, because I was telling us, you have an issue, yep. you know, yep. and and she, she, I said, look at get itemized bill, specifically, yep. have them write it down so you can read it, too, you know? Yep, yep. No, and that was really it. It was just a tensioner, and they're kind of like, well, the tensioner is two hundred dollars. Yeah, the, the, blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the tension battery, of course, because yeah, it was yeah, running. Low, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, the, the tensioner, the GM price for the tensioner is one hundred and twenty-eight dollars and twenty-eight cents. Wow, and that's yeah. GM. Okay. Yeah, so so you got to think that you know, yeah. if you bought it from. 
you know, Napa or someplace like that, it would be, it would be, yeah, yeah it 80. would be, yeah, or something. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so the idea of that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't, you know, I, yeah. I looked mm-hmm. it up online, you know, couldn't get an answer on the prices, but just to see how it was done, and it didn't seem like this Pacific was any harder. Basically, you had to jack it up. Seems like it took the wheel off was better, and then take off. There's a plastic wheel cover, you know, yeah. kind of protecting it. Just pops off, and then it's kind of you know straightforward, you know, yeah. little finagle this yeah. or that. But and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, charged. yeah, I mean, looking at looking at even. You know, online and you know, and you know, repair shops have to mark stuff up. They can't, you know, buy yeah, it for no, it. buy it for You're fifty and sell it for I fifty. Said, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But but even an AC Delco part or or a Continental part, Continental makes good stuff. Um, you know, about fifty bucks. So if you marked it up. Forty percent, mm-hmm. which is standard markup, you know, you're you're up to know, seventy dollars or something, maybe. So, um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. a couple hundred dollars for the tensioner sounds high. Um, you know, the 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 serpentine belt itself, you know that that's going to be, you know, whatever whatever belts cost these days, you know, yeah, 20, right. 20, I mean, 20, 20, 20 five dollars maybe. I think they said fifty something or whatever. Yeah, you know, I yeah. Know was, I get the to get the difference in the list price for a shop yeah. and all that. You know, and that's why originally I'm like, well, this could cost you maybe 300 at top. Yeah. yeah. But that price was, I yeah. think, and, and, and advantage. Yeah, and it's really only an hour's worth of labor. I mean, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to replace the tensioner, which you have to take the belt off. Um, yeah, you know, right. it, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's about an hour's worth of, like you said, an hour's worth of finagling around. So even at, uh, yeah. A top rate of you know say one hundred and fifty dollars, so okay. you know say say one hundred and fifty for labor, and a hundred and you know oh I'm going to buy the yeah, part right. from the dealer it's going to be one hundred and twenty eight yeah. or whatever, um, yeah. you know and then the belt and even if you you know threw in another you know forty for the belt, you know this is three fifty, not five not, not five not not five hundred and you know the idea that you're going to uh, that you're going to charge the battery and charge the customer for it. I, I don't know that. I mean, that's. I know. I, and I, I understand. And I and I understand shop supplies. You know, a lot of a lot of no. shops today. You know, throw in you know an extra one or two percent for you know shop supplies. You know, mm-hmm. which which in one way I guess I get it. But mm-hmm. they do it as a flat rate, so there's no, you know, you you know, was there any shop yeah. supplies? I don't know. But you know, at one point, do you, you know, do you start charging for air and electricity, which is, um, you know, which is kind of like, oh, we're going to charge your battery. That's going to be, you know, twenty five dollars. Well, come on, to hook up two cables and turn a knob, you know, and and it'd be one thing if they said, look, you know, because the belt came off, we want to charge the battery. We want to retest it. You know, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, and it, you know, and do you charge for that? Yeah, I guess you could. But on yeah. on the other hand, if it was you know, you know, John mm-hmm. and Tom's repair shop, you come in and they say, "Hey, look, we're going to charge your battery. We're going to test it." And uh, you know, if all of a sudden it needs a battery, you know, there's a battery sale. If it doesn't need a battery, there's a customer that feels good. You know, so yeah. to me, you know, and and today. You know, charge up the battery. You know, while you're working on the car, you have the battery charger on it, so it's not like it's taking any time. And then once you're done, the battery tester that um, 
that I'm using right now is the is the one that um, AAA uses at the roadside. It literally takes three seconds to test a battery. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. And the, yeah. and my old battery tester, which was a which was what they called an, uh, an inductive tester, which um, I stupidly gave away when I was moving. I gave it away to the local Votech school. I said, "I'll never use this battery tester. What am I? Well, it's taking up room in a drawer." And afterwards, mm-hmm. I'm like, "I probably should have kept it and brought it to Florida with me or something." But I didn't do that. But um, right. But the I uh, John, and, I, and, I, even I that, and even that and even that only took three minutes. You know. Yeah, are there, I hate to say it, I think the perfect scenario is, uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry, women, but, you know, it's not because women are not as smart as us. They're yeah. just not into cars, a lot right. of them, some yeah. are, but for yeah. the most part. And, uh, you know, you you come in limber, and then you get the car there, and yeah. you're all in front. Oh, my God, blah, 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 okay. Yeah. And then yeah. this is a gravy job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Now, no. Is there any anybody that does? You know. Remember years ago? Oh, they a few people of some kind of they would go out and pull a plug wire on an old car to go and limp it into the shop. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I have. I have. I haven't. I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, <laughs> I did that with. I did that with. Uh, uh, I don't know. It was, I think it was WBZ. You know, Channel Four years ago. Yeah. And uh, we would. We would every morning. We would run through the car, make sure it was perfect, and then show the show the uh, the reporter how to. Um, we actually pulled a big vacuum line off, so it would run really rough. And um, and the reporter was a cute young woman, and yeah. th- and uh, and what it was at the end of the day, it really wasn't a story. There was one or two shops that tried to take advantage, but the funniest part was, um, I think she was asked out on dates like five times. <laughs> yeah. Hey Tom, we got to get going, yep, thank but you. but thanks bye, for the John. call. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs> why don't Why don't we take a break and pay some bills? My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. Uh, when we come back, I think we're going to be talking to Omar Oda. He is the uh, icon manager for Ford Motor Company. You're listening to the Car Doctor program, ninety five nine WATD. We'll be right back. Yeah, you can see the girl coming from a mile away. She got a big. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. 
Join us on Tuesday, August 22nd, beginning at 6 p.m. for Total Strangers at the West Bridgewater Gazebo. Total Strangers is an energetic band who will impress you with their ability to jump genres and mash up influences while keeping a completely unique sound. Cheesy Chicks will be at the gazebo with their delicious assortment of mac and cheese items. Black Hat Brew Works and Danny's Ice Cream will be there also. Hope to see you for Total Strangers at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, August 22nd at the West Bridgewater Gazebo. Plan a getaway and enjoy a long weekend exploring Plymouth. Go outside and whale watch, hike, walk along the ocean, and dine outdoors. At night, enjoy live music, theater, art shows, and ice cream under the stars. Begin your Friday night at the corner of Court and North from 4 to 6 and listen to live music at Sea Plymouth's Fridays on Shirley Square. Then head into a weekend of relaxed fun. Plan your Plymouth getaway on the Sea Plymouth app. Brought to you in part by visitma.com. I'm Ashley Jordan. Tune in to Twilight Showcase Radio, hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James on 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. Search for Twilight Showcase Radio on Facebook and visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tomorrow night from 7 to 9 on 95.9 WATD. Hey, little Cobra, don't you know you're going to shut them down? I took my Cobra down to the track, hitched to the back of my and welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Actually, speaking of Cobras, uh, our buddy uh, Dave Smith at Factory 5, uh, who builds uh, Cobras, um, or builds kits to build Cobras, had his had his open house yesterday, which uh, I've never been to it, but I've seen some of the videos, and he had about 30 or 40 cars show up, and he always usually does a little tour. I was lucky enough uh, last year, I think it was, that um, I was coming back from somewhere, Middleborough or something, and I was with my neighbor who has the dune buggy, and uh, I said to him, hey, you want to swing into Factory 5? I hear they have a new showroom. So we walked in, and they have all of their different various models. They have the Cobra, Cobra they have the, uh, the, the GT, they have their supercar on display, they have their pickup truck, the 32 or 33, I think, Ford. Uh, so they had different variations. And I asked if uh, Dave was around and um, kind of introduced myself to the people that were there. They went, and, they went and found Dave from out back somewhere. And he gave us kind of a behind-the-scenes tour, which was, which was really interesting. He took us to, like, where they mold all the bodies because they do that themselves now. And uh, they used to do them in white. Now they do them in red. And they do them in red because they're easier to finish afterwards. They're, you know, less less sanding and painting than, and then doing a white body and easier to see the imperfections in it. Um, took us and showed us this uh, prototype of a... Um, they're doing a Ford F-150, but they're doing it in, in what they call a pre-runner. So sort of this off-road version with like crazy suspension travel, 13 or 14 inches of suspension travel. And the thing's like eight and a half feet wide. And I, I kind of said to him, how come? And he goes, well... We're not good at certain things. We're not good at climate control. We're not good at window sealing. We're not good at doors to seal. Most of their cars don't have roofs anyway. Um, but he said, you know, what we want to do is we want to keep the original cab of the truck 
and the engine, uh, if it's a good engine. And but we want to we want to supply a whole new frame, whole new suspension, new body cladding, so it really stands out, and it really is a Raptor that's not a Raptor. So, Tim, another call for us? Yes, we have um, we have a uh, Robert in Tingsboro. All right. We seem to be striking out with calls today. I I don't know what's I don't know what's going on with uh, with, our, with yeah. our planned calls here. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm always happy to talk with Robert. Robert, good morning. Thank you, John, for the compliment. I appreciate talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, one 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 of these days we'll have to get together for coffee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I don't know if I want to go all the way down to South Shore. It's, yeah, it's, and it's I, I don't know if I want to go. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. So, uh, but but you know, maybe one of these days, maybe I should I talk agree. to the re, talk to the radio station. Maybe we should have the program live somewhere where people can come in and have a cup of coffee and and yeah, sit around and chit chat. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had mentioned that before. It'd be great. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. of your regulars. Yeah. 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 It'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I do have a question that doesn't pertain to me so much. I mean, I used to like to put bigger tires and wheels on vehicles, but to a limit. Just that I see so many with these extreme negative offsets, you know, three, four, five inches beyond the vehicle, trucks usually. And uh, I just wonder what percentage of life are they cutting out of wheel and axle bearings by doing that? I, I, you, to me, I think you're lucky if you get a couple thousand miles out of the tires, especially some of these import cars that oh, them, I, should, yeah. I shouldn't call them, you know, they're, they're made here. But yeah, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, it's a style and they run really, really negative camber. And uh, in some cases they end up actually uh, rolling the fender wells because they lower them too. So they roll the inside of the fender well, so it doesn't have an, uh, a lip to it. And they run this really negative camber, which negative camber can help improve handling in certain instances. Um, you know, if you're, you know, autocrossing or drifting, I guess. But just to drive down the road that way, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna eat up those tires that should go forty or fifty thousand miles in five thousand miles. Yeah, Actually, if I said negative camber, I meant negative offset on the wheel. Oh yeah, that, when yeah. you see the wheels, you know. Now, oh yeah, okay. A, a lifted truck that's four wheel drive. They'll put these massive wheels that stick out so they look like monster trucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. They put tires that are so low profile, they don't belong on an off-road vehicle. You know, you want a 60 or a 65 aspect. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. And just the idea, you know, think of it as a lever. You know, right. you, you you know you 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 bring it out that much further. You're putting more more weight on the bearing. So absolutely, you're going to wear out the bearing. You know, I, you know, I don't know how quick, but you're going to wear them out quicker because it just makes more sense. You're putting more you're putting more weight on everything. So yeah, sure. like I say, the leverage. Yeah, I just wonder if you had a percentage on like thirty percent. No, no, no. It, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it depends on how you drive. You know, and it's it kind of funny. I was at the car show I was at yesterday. There had to be four or five F-250s jacked up, you know, way, way high, big tires, and they weren't low-profile. These were all big tires on big big offset wheels like the kind you described, sticking way out past the fender well, which, you know, already we we got a vehicle that's too high to get a sticker, tires sticking out too too far past the fenders that are going to get in trouble, and... Uh, you know, I was looking at one of the suspension kits, and I quickly, while I was walking by, Googled the suspension kit, and the kit itself was ten grand. Now that's not counting all the chrome and doodads that were under there, and some of it was functional doodads, some of it was just chrome. But the idea of you know doing all of that, um, 
and you know it was a show truck but down in florida what i saw i saw a lot of people with regular like you know joe's plumbing and heating in a in an uh you know in an f-150 with the tires that stuck out three inches past the fenders with big tires on it i'm like there's a vehicle you drive it every day and you you're beating the daylights out of it by yeah. adding these you know different offset wheels that that have to over time just burn up stuff in it it yeah, has to that, that's what i was thinking yeah. especially the uh, wheel bearing up front the axle bearing through like oh, sure, there, yeah. so much leverage and if you're hard cornering or heavy weight, yeah. just I, yeah. like I said, I just thought maybe you had a percentage. Yeah. No, 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 but just the idea, you know, if, if it was a weekend truck, yeah, do whatever you want. You know, jack it up, put, you know, put big crazy tires on it, whatever the case is. Um, but if it's but if it's a truck you drive every day, it, it has to. It absolutely has to um, cause extra wear and tear. And, you know, I don't, again, I don't know how much, but it has to just has yeah. to do it. I mean, yeah. I can, it can be done right, you know, within reason. Uh, yeah. You say a four-inch lift, and you have yeah. a wide wheel, but you have a lot of back space, and keep it inside, keep yeah. that leverage off, yeah. and there's a lot of components underneath that, you know, when they get yeah. these lift kits, they don't have everything you actually need to realign it, you know, cast a camber and toe and all that yeah. stuff. No, I, I I was I was just looking at uh, I was just looking at something earlier today. Somebody did uh, somebody did a uh, repair on a vehicle. I don't know. I put they put tie rod ends or something in it, and uh, they told the person to you know bring it and get the wheels aligned. Um, well, they never actually. The, unfortunately, the person waited, you know, a month or so to get the front end aligned, and it was so far out of alignment. That it just it wore out the tires that were on the front of the car. Yeah. Then you got your drive shaft angles too. I mean, they get too crazy. Those oh, are yeah. universals. Oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna tear out the universals. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna put extra stress on the pinion bearing uh, because the, the, it's it's got such an angle on it. You're gonna do the same thing with, um, you know, you think that well the the tail shaft that comes out of the transmission that goes to the U joint that goes to the drive shaft. You know, I'll you know the 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 u-joint will take up for that angle a lot of times that doesn't happen so right. you know you got to put that extra stress on it so you know it's one thing to do modifications for show it's another thing to do modifications when you need to use the vehicle every single day like um my neighbor's friend who has this um uh 1997 grand prix he's done a bunch of modifications to it uh but it hasn't affected it, all it's done is improve the car. You right. know, he, st he stiffened up the suspension. He put a crossbar between the front struts. He, um, you know, ran different, ex you know, uh, uh, two-and-a-half-inch exhausts um, so it breathes a little bit better. Low-flow catalytic converters so it breathes a little bit better. Hasn't done anything to the engine. It's a three-point, you know, bulletproof 3.8-liter GM V6 that they tend to run forever. Um but you know all his little changes he's done to it. He uh, he put um, uh, you know basically the police suspension uh, on it where you do away with the rubber you know control arm bushings and sway bar bushings and and use polyurethane or metal which um, depending on where they go firms up the suspension and improves the handling. You know suffers with the ride just a tiny bit but not enough to make a difference. So yeah, you know they're they're yeah but they but they do I some like. of the yeah to to run stuff like. Uh, five degrees of negative camber to improve handling and look like you came out of Fast and Furious doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they want to look cool, but people that know better are saying you're a fool, not cool. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> it, it could it could be. And, you know, 
maybe it's a function of age. You know, maybe maybe when uh, you know maybe when you were putting cherry bombs on your car when you were a kid. You know, yeah. So you know, so maybe you know, maybe somebody else was going. What? Why would you do that? Why are you making it all loud? And you know, it's a and because, feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loud, loud pipes save lives. Yeah, good, good argument when the cops pull you over. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> yeah. is one thing you mentioned the uh, strut tower brace. I happen to have put a steer brace on my Maverick already. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's gonna you know improve it any. I mean, you know, I try to push it through the corner, see if it you know goes a little yeah. bit. Quicker with not so much lean, but you know at least it will firm it up. You know when it gets old. It, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 you know what? You open the hood, it looks it looks like you did something to it and makes yeah, you happy. Yeah. So yeah. Hey Robert, always <laughs> okay. a pleasure. Same here, John. All right, take care. Bye bye. Well, that Tim has this. Tim has a secret message. He he, he has he has a he has a 1928 phone that he rings in my ear, so I know yes, to call. Yes, yeah. Um, we have a, a Mike in Bridgewater. Okay, Michael. Good morning. Morning, John. How are you doing? Good. Good, John. Um, uh, here's, here's 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 a little here's a little uh, inside secret. If you heard the okay. beginning of the program, we had a little interference on the phone call, and we wondered why. And and um, and Tim realized he had his keys next to this phone bank that we use, and his key fob was interfering with the phones. So. That that goes to show you, you know, people say to me sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes my car won't start, and I don't know why. And sometimes it, you, you never think that your key fob has this little transmitter in it, and the little transmitter can cause all kinds of weird electrical havoc. And, so even, and vice versa, John. And vice your versa, Your phone yeah. can cause interference with the yeah, fob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had, I had a, a reader say to me, they, they, um, they were at a Napa store, and they, their, their car wouldn't start. And the guy came in and he said, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, my car won't start. I don't know why. And, and he says, oh, you parked under a neon sign that says Napa? And he says, yeah. He said, let me shut the sign off. Oh, shut the geez. sign off and the car started back up. Wow. So weird stuff happened. Okay, okay, Mike, go Crazy. ahead. Easy. Well, wait a minute, John. Okay, so here's a key fob story. So we okay. were gone just a couple of weeks. We were gone a couple of weeks, and uh, we had friends, you know, starting the cars and moving up, and they're both hybrids. So, um, and, and they don't have hybrids. All right, so we come back <clears throat> from the vacation, and I go out to move the cars, you know, start them up, whatever, that kind of thing. So I go out and start my car, fine, no problem. And I'm walking back in the house to get the key for the other car, and the car starts up, and it's charging. You know how it has to start yeah, up and yeah, charge the yeah, battery yeah. and all that. All right. That's kind of strange. Yeah. Go over, find out. This car typically gets 50 miles to the gallon. Yeah. The car had 16 miles to the gallon. Unfortunately, the people must have not realized the car shuts off. The key fob was in within that range you talk about yep. so that yep. it's recognizing that there's a key in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. So the car, we don't know how long. <laughs> But oh, no. the car yeah. was running for fifty miles down to sixteen. So Well you you, know, you might you might you, you might want to get an oil change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or something something like as a matter of fact it's funny, that's 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 on the list to get done. But anyways yeah. uh, uh, all right, um 
BEV. Well, and, and that, you know, and that, and that actually, exactly. you know, you brought up a good point. That's actually something that kills people because they'll they'll bring a car into a garage, and the car will shut off. And, you know, especially in a garage, people sometimes just leave the key fob in the cup holder or something. And they'll close the garage door. And, you know, two hours later, an hour later, ten minutes later, five minutes later, it doesn't matter. The car kind of quietly starts up and fills the garage and the house with carbon monoxide. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, people need to be real. And when you... And when you get out of, you, you know, when you get out of a car and it's running, it beeps at you, but people go, oh, what was that? And then they close the door and walk away. Yeah, and luckily these are outside, so it wasn't yeah. an issue, but yeah. you're spot on. And that's yeah. fine. Um, okay, uh, bad electric vehicles, you know, range, range anxiety has been a big issue, and it's being addressed, you know, with longer ranges, batteries, some of the fast chargers becoming more readily available, you know, vehicles that yep. can take it, as well as, you know, some of the innovations about driving up to a place, they drop out the old battery, put it in a new one, and off you go, and those kinds of things. But I know they've been talking about solid-state batteries. Can you, would you speak to what the solid-state batteries, um, what they, the possibility and what, how they may change you know, the whole idea of... Yeah, 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 I mean, it really is the idea that it's going to be a battery that's going to have, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to hold more energy, it's going to be quicker to recharge. You know, they're saying some of these, you know, prototype solid-state batteries, you know, charge in the amount of time it takes to fill a 20-gallon gas tank. So, you know, but like everything else, it comes with a price tag. And, you know, you, you have to remember that, you know, electric cars have been around since... You know, Henry Ford built a Model T. In fact, Henry Ford's wife drove an electric car because she didn't, she couldn't hand crank a you know Model T. And um, but the difference is between you know that early Model T uh, or that early electric car to maybe to the 70s or 80s, electric cars really didn't change. They had lead acid batteries. They went about 50 miles on a charge. Took overnight to charge them. Um, and it wasn't, you know, the performance was okay. Then they had nickel cadmium batteries, and th- those were more expensive, and they had a little bit longer range. And maybe in a small little electric car, you could get a hundred miles of range out of it, and they go seventy or eighty miles an hour. And then, you know, the GM came out with the EV1, which you know had pretty good range, and and then Ford came out with something called a sodium hydride battery, something like that, and it was a battery that had to be kept warm so in other words when it wasn't being used it had to be plugged in and if you didn't plug it in the battery would brick and would turn into you know you know something you had to throw away afterwards and but since really since tesla and lithium-ion batteries and someone figured out how to squish a whole bunch of little you know double a batteries into a pack to make you know make a big battery pack electric cars have come a long way and now the idea of going to the solid state battery um, that's going to give longer range, more energy density, uh, and potentially be safer than uh, than um, lithium ion or versions of lithium ion. I think is there. It's just it's going to take it's going to take time and money to do it. Is this something that they're talking even about? Even sh- like you said, shorter charging times, so that you could go in typical stop. 
put your gas in, plug in, go get something, restroom, whatever, grab a coffee, and then come out, and you've got an eighty percent charge. Is that the kind of idea that they're? Yeah, I mean that, that you know that's that's sort of it. You know, you know, kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell. I mean, the idea that um, you know it's a solid state battery doesn't have a traditional. Um, positive and negative electrode I guess is maybe a way to describe it um, uh, it's it's just but the I the real idea is it the, the you know it's just that much more energy density and that much more charging I mean there's you know they're saying now that uh, easily able to um, charge a, a solid state battery in about 10 minutes so you know, ten minutes isn't a terrible long time to have to wait to get it to to get it to go to one hundred percent. But it really is instead of being a whole bunch of little battery cells, it really it really is a a bunch of like little electronic circuits that 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 make it all work. Um, you know, will you know will we see it? I mean, they're they're saying that um, you know there there is a definite possibility. Um, I think I think. Toyota or Honda is tinkering with solid state batteries right now. Um, yeah. You know, uh, if I'm joining it's Toyota because that's the one I've been listening to and you know and kind of reading a little bit about. And the other ones that keep talking about the solid state battery and the right. technology. So, are we talking these would be lighter than the typical battery packs now? So you're going to have even maybe even the fact that they're lighter that you'd get more range that kind of thing as well yeah yeah yeah. i I mean that's the theory behind it is that you know that um you'll be able to have a battery that won't you know the idea is you can get you can get a um you can get an electric car to have a 500 mile range but you got to put uh you know a battery the size of a house in it you know and that they'll be able to do it i mean i mean i think the article i read in I don't. It was a couple months ago. You know, Toyota claims that you know they they could have an EV battery that's solid state that could offer 900 miles of driving range and charge up in you know 10 or 15 minutes. Um, you know, if that's the case, you know that's that's a big game changer. Um, you know, for most people that drive, you know that would be enough for people that you know. Right now, it's like I I just read the other uh, other day somebody somebody recently just got their Chevrolet Bolt, which is may or may not be being discontinued now. Nobody knows. Um, you know, uh, Mar- Mary Barrer, the CEO of GM, says no, no, we're going to come out with a new one. Um, after they said they were going to kill it, but they just got it after having it on order for like four or five months, and what they said was, you know, it's going to fit all of our needs except when it doesn't, and then we're going to rent a car. Well, I think if you had a battery that had a 900-mile range that could recharge in, you know, you know, even 20 minutes, um, that's a pretty pretty quick recharge time for a 900-mile range. I mean, that means that maybe in 450 miles it could recharge in 10 minutes. And if that's the case is, let's face it, I don't know about you, but at 450 miles, I need to get out of the car. Yeah, well, I'll say (laughs) yes, yes, and that double time for me. And that would truly be a game changer, John. That would take away a lot of those anxieties. So, all right. Yeah, so, I mean, well, I mean, a lot, a lot of this is, you know, is a lot of it bragging. Maybe it is. I don't know. You know, but 
But if they can come up with something close to that, that's fantastic. I mean, well, you know, right now, right, right now, you know, electric vehicles, you know, have developed so much in just the past 15 years. You know, and it took 100 years for the cars to get to where they are. You know, who knows what the next 10 years will be. So I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, me too. Thank you, John. I appreciate okay. that. All right. Take Enjoy care. Yep. yep. Bye-bye. We need to take another quick break. Take another my, quick break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening in 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. Well, I got my first truck when I was three. Drove a hundred thousand miles on my knees. Hauled marbles and rocks and thought twice before I hauled a Barbie doll bed for the girl next door. She tried to pay me with a kiss and I began to understand there's something women like about a pickup man. Bring a chair, blanket, and a picnic to Glastonbury Abbey on Sunday, August 27th to kick off Atlantic Symphony Orchestra's 2023-2024 season. The Atlantic Symphony's annual Sunset at the Abbey concert is a one-of-a-kind outdoor family concert featuring vocal and instrumental solos, including piano forehands. Enjoy a fun mix of Broadway, classical, and pop music by four amazing artists. Concert starts at 4.30. Please bring a non-perishable food item to support the South Shore Food bank for tickets go to atlanticsymphony.org AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com join. All the excitement and fun you remember is waiting for you at the 155th Marshfield Fair. The food, the games, the rides, exhibits, and unforgettable entertainment. Be amazed by live glass blowing. Enjoy live music, illusionists, and the zoo show, arts and crafts, horticultural exhibits, and the bees and bunnies. And of course, don't forget the Demolition Derby. For information and a schedule of events, visit marshfieldfair.org. The 155th Marshfield Fair, August 18th to the 27th, Route 3A in Marshfield. Talk radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WAPD. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program at 95.9 WATD. You know, it, you know, some, one of these days we're just going to have to leave the microphones on, you know, during the commercials. And, you know, people can listen to what we have to talk about. Yes. Because it's <laughs> it's um, a certain amount of silliness. Yeah. Um, like the uh, commercial for the Marshfield Fair, which is always which is always great to go to, and and I said you know the one great reason to go to the Marshfield Fair is to overdose on fried dough, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I'm I, I know it's not good for you, but I'm kind of a fan. No, it tastes so, so good. Yeah, so I don't know what happened to our guest today. It's odd that we would have we would have zero for two. 
Uh, I know. Yeah, and and Scott, Scott, I I actually sent him a calendar invite, and he said, and I sent him a reminder on Monday, and said he was looking forward to it. And the and the other guy uh, from Ford to talk about this new 800 horsepower Mustang that was just introduced oh, wow. at Pebble Beach. Now it's a three hundred thousand dollar car. And, oh, is that what, all? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. And what was kind of interesting is um, there's a, there's a group, and I think it's called inside Ford or Ford inside or something something but it's supposed to be like you know it's a it's a it's an enthusiast group and they're supposed to have all the inside scoops on what's going on with Ford and they were absolutely convinced that Ford was going to introduce a mid-engine Ford Mustang at Pebble Beach absolutely convinced that was going to happen and they were completely wrong they are this is kind of a street legal track going slightly stretched version of at least to me it looks at straight slightly stretched version of a mustang but it is 800 horsepower and it's just it's going to be competitive with all the le mans cars and whatever the case is i would guess so but i thought you know and they and they reached out to me and said hey you want to talk to uh you know talk to somebody about it on your show and i said yeah we're 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 kind of filled up but uh, uh well oh well there's always next week. There's always next week. Yep. And the week after. And the week yep. after. And the week, <laughs> yeah. week after. Um, and next week, I th- I have to look. I think we went right by my anniversary. I never noticed. I think this, this either this week or last week was my one-year anniversary with WATD. All right. And Congratulations. I think I and I think I might have missed it. Hey, that music means it's it's time for me to go. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, Slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, 